Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2361. Today we're going to fly into the past, which took us into the future. Well, you understand in just a minute. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah! Today, I'm, well, I'm back in Aptos, California, with a very special returning guest by the name of Patrick Kelly. Patrick, welcome back to Cars Yeah! Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? So happy to talk to you, Mark. So happy to talk to you again. Well, good to have you back, because uh, you've done something pretty fun once again. Uh, you created a wonderful new book, and we're going to dive into that in a moment. But first, I'm going to ask you something, and I may have asked you this when you were on the show before. I may not have, but what's one little thing that people may not know about you, Patrick? Well, um, one th- besides being a car guy and, and having this, uh, this uh, addiction to automobile concept art, I'm a, a horticulturalist, and my avocation and business for the last 30 years has been in the interior plant business service and uh, installation. We do homes for millionaire billionaires and commercial work, and uh, that's kept us alive, and uh, it's been great. You know, I need to have you come over here because uh, between my <laughs> wife and I, we cannot keep a plant alive in this house. And I don't know what the yes. the issues, but I got to ask you this. What's the one thing that people do that don't serve their indoor plants well? Sure. They overwater them. Overwater. They kill them with kindness. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They think, oh, no, it needs more water. It needs more water. And for all the plants that we use, mostly the tropicals, uh, they don't. Ah, <laughs> they just don't. Okay. So killing them with kindness, uh, putting them in the wrong spot, not enough light, too much light, that kind of thing. But mostly it's watering. Watering. Okay. Well, plants, you hear that? You're not getting anything here. You're gonna there be, you go. You're going to be dry. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll take that advice from you. Well, let me introduce you. We're going to talk about something new that you've created since you were last on the show. Patrick Kelly is an author, and he takes care of plants too, with a fascination for all things automotive. Years ago, he expanded his passion and started collecting original automobile concept art. These are drawings and paintings of what future automobiles might look like. He decided that these designs that had come out of art schools across America and the big three automotive manufacturing companies just had to be shared. And that's what he's done. Today, he shares his new book titled Imagine 2, T-O-O, Towards the Future. It's published by our friends at Dalton Watson Fine Books. It takes the reader back in time to when the sky was the limit, dreams and visions were encouraged, and restrictions were a few. With over 600 never-seen-before automobile concept images and over 130 artists. This is a wonderful companion piece to his earlier book, Imagine. And if you missed my talk with him back then, it was in... 2019 before everything fell apart uh you can go back and find his show it's number 1373 on the cars yeah website we'll be back in just a moment but first a word from our sponsors so give them a little listen and we'll be right back we're going into the future but we're going back as well (laughs) see you in a moment years ago when it was time to renew my collector car insurance policy my carrier's rates went up 
way up, but my usage was the same and I never made a claim. I didn't even have a ticket. So what's with that? So I turned to American Collectors Insurance. Has your collector car insurance recently raised your rates for no good reason? Tired of paying an annual membership fee? Then it's time to look around and call American Collectors Insurance. I shopped around. I asked friends for recommendations and found a winner that I can trust. And boy, I'm glad I did. I saved hundreds of dollars every year and slept better at night knowing my baby was properly insured. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting vehicles since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by their history of taking great care of their clients. What could be better than that? So give them a call and ask for a quote today. 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love like I did with American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Did you know that Cars Yeah is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Libsyn, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States? That's right. And Cars Yeah is the only five-day-a-week automotive-focused podcast for you to get your message into the ears of thousands of listeners daily from all over the world. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars Yeah has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars Yeah every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyeah.com or through the website at carsyeah.com today to learn more. For several years now, you've heard me talk about Linkage Magazine. I've been a subscriber since the start. Their talented and creative team brings you a spectacular publication and website that shares the automotive passion from a worldwide perspective. Linkage is about driving, restoring, collecting, and firsthand experience at collector car auctions and more. They bring you real-world values plus rational, experienced opinions on the current markets. They cover the automotive world and the people who share our passions. And Linkage Magazine has grown, mailing you six issues annually. Join me on this journey with Linkage. They're geared for the automotive life. You can subscribe at LinkageMag.com. So, Patrick, uh, you just continue with uh, your fascination for looking at the past as people were looking into the future and your previous book was so spectacular but this book 456 pages i needed to do some curls to lift this thing but i want to first talk about why the fascination intrigues you so much how did you get into collecting these pieces and we're going to talk a little bit too about a couple past guests that have been on this show that are featured in your book but let's start with the passion where this all come from well, I'll tell you, uh, the first time I saw a, a concept piece many years ago, uh, a real simple line drawing, and it's shown in the first and second books, I just got sucked into this. I thought, what? This is 1932. This guy is drawing something extremely streamlined, extremely simple, extremely different. So as I started to see more work and be open to viewing more pieces, the intrigue just got stronger. Uh, what's going on here? Where is he headed? Uh, is it flying? Is it swimming? Is it 
powered by what? Nuclear, electric? <laughs> yeah. Why these fins? Why these three wheels? Why this bubble top? Constant questions. And then you start to, then what I started to do was start to be very curious about the artists. And in the new book, there's a, a 130 different artists, some from the first book, but a lot of new ones. And every image in this book is new from for this volume. And as you said, there's uh, over 600 images, uh, 450 six pages. It's a big doorstop, if you wish. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's much more special <laughs> than that. I, you know, the first question I have is, where are these things found? Because one of the things I remember from our earlier talk is lots of times artists would work in these studios and these things would never be seen again. They just kind of get tossed aside or they, they didn't want them to be seen. It's kind of like the uh, animation cells that became very popular decades ago that people started buying and framing from, say, Disney. Because because a lot of that stuff just got th thrown out. So uh, wh where on earth does one go to start to find this many images? That's a great question. If the people that had these images did not take them out of design studios and out of the confines of the big three, four, they would, not e they would totally not exist because everything that they drew really, for very, very rare exceptions, either got thrown away on the spot, filed away and thrown away later, burned, scrapped, you name it. And in Detroit, you remember, these, are, these artists are all around Detroit. If anything ended up down in the basement, grandpa's old stuff, his old drawings, basements got flooded mm -hmm. on a very regular basis. And if they didn't get lost on purpose or destroyed on purpose, they often got lost uh, later on. But I found these things uh, on eBay. I found them from other uh, Facebook friends. Now what's happening is... It's been great to get the trust of the people in the the artists in the book, and they're starting to come forward asking if I'm interested, you know, maybe in the remainder of the sketches they have, or would you like to see some more work that I still have from the 50s or 60s? I said, oh, absolutely. So I find it where I find it, and uh, it, it this last few years has been very uh, very busy collecting. I think we almost have enough for a for another go round, but oh, that's wow. a whole nother discussion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll have to call our friends at Dalton Watson about yeah. that. Well, um, there you go. You know, there's a couple artists in here, uh, Joan Creamer and Sid Mead, who've been guests on this show, which I'm very honored. Uh, the late mm. Sid Mead, of course. And you told me a little story, and I want you to share this before we got on the the call here today about you got to spend an evening eating pizza with Sid. Yes, I got invited to Sid's amazing Pasadena glass house. Uh, we were down showing and uh, selling the book at uh, the Art Center car show, which is a tremendous thing that needs to come back. And uh, during the day, we met somebody that said, uh, hey, you should come over and see, uh, come over and meet Sid. Uh, I had offered him a copy of my book as he was in it, and uh, we communicated, and he thought he'd try and get to the show, but he wasn't feeling up to it. So he said, you know, come on over. We're having pizza and beer with Sid Mead. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and I thought, well, this is like going, you know, one of the elves saying, uh, come meet Santa yeah. uh, after he does his deliveries. So uh, yeah. my yeah. wife and I went up there, this beautiful home, invited in, you know, sits at the end of the table, and uh, I show him my book. He's appreciative and gave him a copy. But what was so fascinating, uh, and he knew 
you know, everybody that was in the book. So, and he had some interesting comments on most of them because <laughs> he was so par excellence. Yeah. What was so interesting about Sid was that he cared about everybody else's stories. He didn't hold court, mm. so to speak, telling us this, that, the other thing. He was open to stories. He was open to ideas. Uh, so everybody shared this around the table. And it was just a fascinating moment. Pinch me moment. Yeah, it was. It was one of the greatest days of, of my life. And one I'll never forget. I mean, he was tired and he was not well at the time, but he still did this. And so we left and I thought, well, probably won't ever get that opportunity again. And shortly after that, he passed away. So I guard that memory uh, very dearly. Oh, very, very cool. Yeah, I was so fortunate to, to be able to have him as a guest. He was a very early guest in the 700s. Now we're in the 2300s. So it was a while ago, but uh, I've become friends with Joan. She's a wonderful lady. She's doing some wonderful children's books. And when our first grandson was born almost two, well, two years ago, uh, she sent me books for him. So I've enjoyed sitting and reading those books and we've stayed in touch. And uh, uh, she's another wonderful one. You know, there's some things as I go through your book that you you take a little bit for granted because you look at these images and you see pieces and parts of cars that became real. But the time these drawings were done, they didn't exist. And I'm looking at, well, page number 183 right now. Uh, John Gump, who yes. did a drawing of a car with a trailer on the back, and <laughs> I'm going, okay, wait a minute, this is so interesting because the camper, if you will, the trailer, looks like it attaches into the trunk of the car, kind of like what you see on the bed of uh, pickup trucks that haul very large trailers, and yes, I'm going, right. okay, this is kind of a cool idea, but never happened. Correct. You know, again, here's this fantasy concept. What if we did? Why not? Hey, how about this? Nah. <laughs> this or hmm, maybe this could work. But you know, down at the Peterson, I remember seeing something very similar to this a few years back. With this, this swoopy, cool retro camper attached to a, a well, it was rather a large towing vehicle. But it was that concept, and I saw some of that work over the weekend. Actually, uh, at the Peterson, there's a, a, a concept sketch of something very similar to this in color, and it's absolutely astonishing. So these are guys that just let themselves go. And who knows why this little one survived from 1948. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It shouldn't be. That's the other thing is these guys are, these images are survivors. They made it. <laughs> they made it into my house, and nobody's seen them. I That's know. Yeah. the cool part. That design reminded me of a, an interesting video I saw of a Volkswagen Bug that somebody had put an attachment on the top and it designed a very similar camper trailer that actually attached to the top of the Volkswagen and you could drive, spin the Volkswagen around because they're basically the same on the front as the back, 360 degrees and park this thing. <laughs> yeah, you have to look that up. It's the most amazing video and I went, come on, I've never seen it one of sounds, these. Yeah, in real person. It but, sounds kind of uh, Dymaxian-like. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's fascinating. Let me ask you this because... Are designers doing these kinds of drawings nowadays, or is that skill set or that art, the sketch, because everything's done on a computer now, most likely, is that gone? Yeah, that's a great question, and, and that was one of my fears when we were down at Art Center. I thought, these kids are not going to give a, a hoot about these old drawings, and it was quite the contrary. They came up, and they knew 
<laughs> these people. They knew the old artists. Mm-hmm. They had seen what they had done and incorporated those drawing skills into their existing skills with computer, CAD CAM, everything that's going on now. They can all sketch. I I I firmly believe that. They're sketching future, of course, not sketching past. But they do have the skills. They incorporate them. They still do clay modeling. So a lot of that old school technique is still there, aided with tremendous you know, computer power and right. the ability to, to draw anything. And when AI you know, starts popping more into the car business, they're going to see these things that are just going to take your head off. I'm seeing on Instagram some AI guys do some guys and gals doing some car illustrations that are, they blow you away. They'll, they'll take a concept and say, okay, take a brand new Bugatti, but introduce a Paninfarina design into the body. And then design, you know, put a Porsche 911-esque feeling into the, and you start to see these things and you go, where, you know, where's this coming from? A little bit of it is a little sad because the art of the sketch, but I've had plenty of designers old and new on this show and you still have to be able to draw. I hope that never goes away. You do. And the other thing you have to have is an amazing imagination. Yes. <laughs> uh, because if you don't have that or you're just stuck and you can't pop that door open, it's not going to happen. You've got to have that. You've got to have something brewing in there that says, I want to draw, I want to sketch, I want to create, whatever it is, and whatever format it is, it doesn't matter as long as you just get it out there and start doing it. Yeah, exactly. Now, a lot of these cars I see in this book, you go, why did they never make something like that? And I assume that that has crossed your mind. Now, you don't work in the automotive industry, so there's all these bits and pieces that make it impossible for some of these wonderful designs to be done. But in your experience, why do some of these great designs never get built? That's another great question. That could come down to a multitude of things, either being cost prohibitive, which was always an overriding factor, being too futuristic for the buying public, too far out, they'll never buy it, quote unquote. And many times with the heads of the designs, uh, the heads of the design studios, they would scrap something out of ego Uh. and or personality. I don't like him. I'm not going to take any of those sketches. I look at this. You can't have it. You know. And then it went back to boards, and boards would ultimately decide oh, yeah. what's going to sell. That's what happened in the '70s to all cars, I think. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So there, there are a whole bunch of things changing demographics, uh, all the rest. So lots of reasons why these cars, uh, especially the craziest ones, never came to uh, fruition. Well, if you listen to my talk with Joan, she was one of the first if not the first woman who was hired to come in and be a future designer, futuristic designer of cars. And not too long after that, the head of uh, that particular company came in and said, why is she here? And the guy said, well, she works for us. And a week later, she was <laughs> she was gone. He didn't want a That's woman right. working yep. there. You know, this is a uh, sign of the times. But I, I think it's just a fascinating thing. You know, I like to ask my guests about People that were great inspirations to them. This must be a very hard question to to answer. But if you looked at this current book, was there or were there one or two designers that you just kind of stopped and went, wow? Oh, you bet. And my my favorite example of this, and I'm I'm so proud of how it came out in the book. I I'm 
giddy about it. Uh, a fellow named Ken Venley, <clears throat> who was in my first book, I met Ken uh, out of the blue. I had I found a couple of images and then thought, this is great work. i got to find him. And he ended up being in the Bay Area somewhat close to me. So we uh, met. He was astonished that I had his work, as most people are, and we became fast friends. And he was probably 84 at the time. Uh, loved the book, all excited, a man of tremendous energy. And what happened over this last year that was so very cool was that I brought up the idea, hey, Ken, what do you think the car of the future is going to look like now? And he kind of uh, was a little gruff about it. He wasn't too positive about it. You know, probably won't even have a, a driver or that kind of thing. And then he came back the following week. He said, you know what? I've been thinking about what you asked me. And I said, why don't you sketch it? Why don't you draw it? He says, I'm, I'm 85 years old. I said, great, go for it. <laughs> and so what you see in the book is just fantastic. You see Ken when he was at Art Center in his early years and his tremendous work back then, although he never went into the automobile, uh, automotive industry. And now... I challenged him to do this work. He did this last year. Oh, wow. And it, it's absolutely fantastic. We've given him a, this cool pullout in the book. But this is an 86-year-old man that is as young as I am, well, <laughs> younger than I am, probably. And he's got energy. He's got talent. He can still draw. He gets a kick out of this. And I, I think it's the thing that was the most, uh, that I'm the most proud of in this one, because he's just a heck of a guy. He's so full of energy. We'll have him down at Pebble Beach. We've got a spot down there this year, and he's going to come and hang out and, oh, and talk. And so it's very cool. Uh, so Ken Venley gets my vote for uh, inspirational fellow. Well, it's very cool, and his electro projects uh, that he yes, calls here, yes. uh, with the fold-out that you've done is really tremendous, and I'm glad you explained that because I'm going, oh, wait, these almost could be old-school designs, but they're new school, and that just tells <laughs> you not only has he not lost his skill set, but his vision for the future corresponds a lot with the vision that these artists back in the 40s and 50s and 60s had for looking ahead. And that's the cool part of all of these designers is their ability to look out there and just and go beyond uh, in many, many ways. So That's right. And if you look at the – he's uh, put a, a plethora of people in the new images. And if you go back uh, – so just to – Paraphrase, Ken also went to school with Sid Mead. They were in oh. Art Center at the same time. Okay. I think Sid was maybe a year younger or older. I don't remember the numbers. But everybody used to come and watch Sid create and try and emulate or uh, or at least get close mm -hmm. with very little uh, success. But if you look at some of the people that are, are uh, in Ken's images, you'll see a, a real interesting uh, connection with some of Sid's people, uh, although he can't always said, oh, I can't draw any people well. I disagree. <laughs> this, these are so uh, yeah. these are so fun. You, they're, they're just stories in themselves. Yeah. Well, the people are secondary in these images anyway, although when you, when you look at these designs and then you put them up against advertising, let's say in the 50s and 60s, where they didn't even take pictures of cars, they actually did drawings of cars with people. The people became very important, but that was an entirely different aspect of selling a car versus looking at the future of a car. So That's right. Uh, yeah, wonderful That's thing. Right. You know, I 
I would imagine one of the huge challenges, but it seems like you've certainly overcome it, is where to get all of this. And you mentioned it earlier. I would assume it's like collecting in any way. Once you start focusing on something, it's like, okay, I want to focus. I'm thinking about buying a I don't know, we'll pick uh, some a Porsche. Now all of a sudden you start to see lots of Porsches because your focus is on that. It's like bird watching. I want to look at sparrows. Oh my gosh, there's so many sparrows mm-hmm. everywhere. So mm-hmm. when somebody decides to, like you have, take an interest in this, is that where the challenge of finding this starts to evaporate? Because all of a sudden everything starts to become part of your vision? Is that a good way to put it? Well, um, you'll see people that will also get turned on to it like I have and and hope to collect and, uh, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's, well, for for whatever reason they collect things. But it's hard. It's scarce. You know, you think of the total of the work that was created back in these days from 30s to 80s, 90s, uh, thousands and thousands, millions of pieces of paper, because that's all these guys did, guys and women. That's all they did, draw all day, whether it's a horn button, an entire car, a wheel cover, you name it, button, you know, on the dash. That's all they did. So you think of the volume that was created and the volume that was lost, most of it, and you have survivors out there. They're probably sitting in peaceful attics still, yeah. Yeah. which uh, is, you know, it's one of those things about the hunt. When you start collecting, you want better, you want more, you want different, uh, you want exceptional. I'm trying to collect really good now, good pieces, Mm. and with the eye of showing or, you know, perhaps another publication. Sharing, yeah, sharing more books. Yep. So here's another really difficult question for you. Uh, I always ask people about a special vehicle in their life. In this case, with this new book, is there any way you could pick one vehicle, maybe just for today, that really continues to resonate in your head, stands out? Ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> Let me see what I can find here. Well, yes, the actually the cover image. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that is uh, the great and talented Art Ross. And if you, you know, if you need to have a some kind of flight of fantasy here, uh, Art Ross is the guy. And uh, this image just uh, I, I can sometimes I can barely look at it <laughs> because live it's even better as all these things are live they're so much better they're bigger they're smaller they're fantastic the colors are strong uh, but the Art Ross piece just <laughs> continues continues to fascinate me and I I feel funny about it because uh, sometimes it's almost more than I can take <laughs> well you know I studied art history quite a bit in college and I was fortunate my father was an architect he was an artist and he would take us to art shows i grew up in southern california but we would often go up to la when there would be art shows and i remember him taking us up to a um, van gogh exhibit and i had seen these images in books and things like that but there's nothing like seeing a work of art in person you see things that you don't see in print (laughs) right yeah, absolutely. I had the I had the very same experience, although a completely different style of art was uh, down in L.A. and spending about two hours sitting in front of a giant Rothko. And I caught myself in the second hour going, what am I doing here? What am I seeing? Right. And it was all intake. It was all such an amazing thing. Hey, the next people might walk right by it, but they could have done that with the Van Gogh. So right, right. It's, it's all about what uh, what is it in your mind's eye that 
that uh, that grabs it and wants to stay and keeps you there, uh, keeps you riveted. So this Art Ross piece is one of those things where if I just took the day, I could probably just hang out with it. <laughs> well, it's such an interesting piece, and as, as I'm looking at it, it was uh, a design for Cadillac, I believe. Yes. And if you look at it, it's... It's almost got like a Star Trek-ish feeling to it. It's it's hard for me to describe because it has some some women in it that are dressed pretty wild and <laughs> the car itself is just it's it's almost like a cartoon but I, I don't how would you describe it? Well, yes, I mean it is a it is it's very cartoon like uh for the day. This is 40s. I couldn't get a exact uh a year on it, but it was obviously 40s to me. And they tell they tell this crazy story. Now I we we talked quite a bit about what piece should be on the cover. This thing's either going to grab you or you're going to go. <laughs> so it's, it's, a, I, yeah, it, it's, it's almost a little unnerving, which I can't I, I can't explain why. It's, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, and he was working with Bill Mitchell. On many yes, of his, you know, that's right. Famous Bill Mitchell. But what yeah. the con again? You know, the concept was: don't you want to know? <laughs> don't you want to know the story? Yes. Or couldn't you write a story about these two gals? What's the one saying to the other one? Where are they going? What's going on here? Yeah. What about these outfits? These crazy outfits. So again, it's imagination. Yeah. It's taking you. I could have put a you know a regular old uh, concept because this one I think is absolutely exceptional. We could have taken anything, put it on the cover, and you go, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. So this at least will uh, <laughs> will uh, emotion one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's very interesting image, and and I'm glad I've learned a little bit more now about why it was chosen. And the thing is, design is such a personal thing. Many people will look at the different designs in your book and go, either they like it or they don't like it. But what I would encourage people to do, number one, if you're a car person, an enthusiast, that you've got to add this to your library. But take the time to really study each one because what I found was images that I flipped past, if I stop and really look at them for a while, like that experience you had in the gallery, and I've had the same in galleries. If you stop and sit down and really look at something, uh, and so, you know, it just came to mind. Remember that scene in Ferris Bueller's Day Off where they went to the art museum, and they're, sure, all, they're, all, they're all standing absolutely. there and acting as if they're very interested. You know, that was the idea of that movie, Stop and Smell the Roses. Take a moment. That's right. Yeah, and pay attention. So that's what I love about your book. You could sit here and spend hours looking at just a few images, the way they drew the plants around them, the people. Uh, it's really, really fascinating. So, Oh, uh, I'm so glad you, uh, you get that out of it, because that is absolutely the idea whether you like it or not uh you know there's there's the page to turn go to the next one oh you like that instead terrific i'm glad you like it what is it you know what's it about that you like this rather than that or or you don't even have to have those conversations it's all in, it's all what you love and and in the car business obviously these things are the same uh, i love that car i hate that car and <laughs> you know that's a that's the running conversation conversation still to this day from the beginning of uh, automotive history. Oh, yeah. Love it, hate it. <laughs> so My father used to do that with us in art galleries. He would say, what is it you like about this piece of art? Because he, what do you, what I realize now, uh, and we, we lost, I lost him about six years ago, but I used to love that he did this, is he would make us stop and think. 
when we looked at a piece of art. And he would say, well, what do you not like about this piece of art? And then he would have us walk up real close and take a one inch by one inch square and talk about that Mm. one inch by one inch square. Oh, (laughs) genius. I mean, really, it is. That's a a genius idea (laughs) that I bet very few parents did or would do. Right. But again, there you got exposed to that. You got exposed to yeah. seeing and looking and not walking by. Exactly. Give it a minute. You know, maybe it yeah. grabs you, maybe it doesn't. Well, it's a, it's a good uh, example of life in general. If you're walking down the street, stop and smell the flowers. Look at the flowers. Absolutely. You know, and take a moment because so many times we just do the motions. We drive back past something every single day and we never stop and take a look at it. So it's a good thing to do. Well, again, I'll remind you listeners, the title of this book is Imagine 2, T-O-O, Towards the Future. It's published by our friends at Dalton Watson Fine Books. Now, one more tough question before I let you go today. If you could get into any of the vehicles that are in this book and I could make them reality and you could take them for a drive. Well, <laughs> this is another tough one, but maybe not. What would the ultimate drive be for you? Well, I think I might hop into the passenger seat of my cover car, the Art Ross uh, image. Those gals are up to something, and I'm not <laughs> quite sure what it is, but I've got a feeling it's going to be pretty fascinating. <laughs> So maybe I maybe I don't maybe I'm not uh, the driver. Maybe I'll just be happy to be the passenger and see where we go. Yeah, I love it. Very very cool. <laughs> well, one more question for you: If you were going to leave us with a parting thought, and we kind of touched on this a little bit with the the last bit of uh, comments that we made about this book and about looking at people's illustrations and what they were seeing in the future, what's maybe a couple words of wisdom you might leave us with when it comes to uh, looking into the distant future by looking into the past. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I think it's I think it's what they've all learned as well and what the artists in the book knew. Life is short. You've got to chase your dreams. You've got to use your imagination. Now, you might not always catch up with a dream, but many of us of a certain age feel it's all about the chase. So you've got to keep it going. You've got to keep pushing it. This Ken Venley uh, part of the book is an exact uh, reason why you never stop. Great, great words of wisdom. Well, I appreciate you bringing another wonderful, wonderful book into our our, uh, lives. And I would encourage listeners, if you like to buy gifts for those very hard to buy for car people in your life, which uh, I'll raise my hand because I've been one of those my whole life. When my mom used to ask me every Christmas and every year, what would you like for your birthday? Of course, I always said a Porsche mom. And one year, you know, she (laughs) did. She made me a cake that was the shape of a Porsche. So she goes, (laughs) now you can have your cake and eat it too. So uh, there you go. yeah, be careful what you ask for. I really appreciate you bringing another winner here, Patrick. This has been so, so spectacular. Honored to have it on my shelf. Until you and I talk again, my friend. In fact, I got to come and visit you and look at some of these things in real life. I think that would be a cool thing to do. It would be my pleasure. Well, that would be anytime. Nice. Well, I would love to do that someday. Be fantastic. You've got a standing invitation anytime. All right. Next time we talk, uh, perhaps we'll be book number three. Until then, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, sir. You bet. Have fun. Great fun. 
We all count on skilled auto technicians to ensure that our families and ourselves are safe on the road. Then an airplane will get me safely to my destination, that trucks are moving the stock to shelves of essential parts and things that we need. That's why Tech Force Foundation's slogan is so appropriate. When techs rock, America rolls. I love that. Tech Force is a charity of cars, yeah, and like all charities, they need our support. If you love cars and can relate to the young person's desire to turn their passion into a career, go to techforce.org today and donate or become a volunteer. That's techforce.org. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to carsyeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!